Welcome to another episode of Conversations with Lamp. I'm your host, James Lampkin. And my guests today have lost a combined weight of 468 pounds. They're also the host of the podcast, Something in Common, Mr. Michael and Mrs. Kimley Wright. Thank you for joining me. Yeah, thank you for having us, bro. First of all, let me say, as a, as a brother who been struggling with his weight pretty much all his life, <laughs> I want to congratulate you two on, on the, the massive weight loss that you both had. Thank you. Thank you. So let, first of all, let me let me ask, how did you guys lose that much weight? Like, what was the catalyst to get you started? So it, it's, we always talked about it. We knew that we needed to. We both, in our own right, before we got together, had tried other weight loss, weight loss methods. Um, when we got together, we were both, of course, much larger. Um, hadn't really talked about it much when we got married, um, but it took, so my dad got sick in 2017 and what we thought was him having a stroke, um, turned into a bigger issue that, you know, even doctors and hospitals at, at Johns Hopkins had never seen before. And my father also was very overweight when he got sick. So I think the catalyst for both of us was seeing him get sick, going in the hospital, having multiple conversations with doctors who said, we don't know what to do because he's so big. We can't do MRIs, we can't do um, CAT scans, we can't do all the things that we would normally do to see what's going on because he's too big to fit in the machines. And basically they said, we have to do we, we, what we have seen is that there's something on his brain and we're basically going to be doing exploratory brain surgery because we don't know what it is. And at that moment, I broke down and said, I don't understand. It's 2017 and you can't help my dad because he's fat. Like I couldn't, I couldn't wrap my head around how far we've come in medicine and technology that there was nothing they could do and that they would really be going into my father's head blind. And at that moment, I knew there was a problem. And uh, I think the, 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 the point of not looking back was after he had that brain surgery, he looked at me and I'll never forget, they wheeled him into the room, I was there. And he looked up at me and said, don't be like me. And I, I couldn't understand what that meant. I was like, you've been a great dad. Like, you're my daddy. Like, if I could be half the person you are, you know, I'd be doing something great. And he said, don't die fat. And in that moment, I was just like, okay. <laughs> like, my dad had never said anything about my weight. I've been heavy most of my life. And... My father was always my biggest cheerleader. He was always the person that um, I could do no wrong. You know, he always supported me. I was the most beautiful girl in his eyes. I was his princess. He never said anything about my weight. Even when I got up to 468 pounds, he never said a word. I was still so beautiful. And when he said that, I knew I had to make a change. And that night, I think I stayed with him till like almost midnight and I came home and I told Michael, I'm having weight loss surgery. 
And he was like, are you sure? Like, what? And I said, I have to do it. Like, I can't be in the position that my dad is in. You know, our daughters are teenagers. And I'll never think or say that my father was a burden. But what I felt was, I can't be a burden to my children who are teenagers. You know, I'm in, I'm in my 40s, you know. So I was an adult and equipped to handle and ready for a parent to become elderly, become maybe become sick. I was ready for that. But to have teenage girls and think they haven't even started living life. And if something happened to me, I couldn't do that to them. So at that moment, I decided I was going to have weight loss surgery. And I told him and he, you know, Michael said he was behind me and he was going to support me. But that wasn't his thing. He wasn't at that time, wasn't ready to do something like that. Um, So I started the process and started doing my research and trying to figure out you know, where I should go and doctors and insurance and all that stuff. And then I believe it was what, a couple months later mm-hmm. that Michael had a health scare. Um, what we thought was a uh, chest cold bronchitis took him to the urgent care and, and he ended up in the ER and them saying he was a walking stroke, a walking stroke. That his blood pressure was 200 and some over 100 and something. No, it was 230 over 210. I'll yeah. never forget that. And that he needed to lose the weight or he was going to die. No, so let, me, let, me, let me stop you right there. Did, did I hear you say 230 over 210? Yes. Yep. And, and mind you, he was already on blood pressure medication. So we thought his blood pressure was controlled. We didn't know that it was out of control, even on the medication. So had he not been feeling sick, like a cold or really bad flu, we wouldn't have known anything and he could have had a stroke. Yeah, I was literally having just a hard time breathing. So we have stairs in our house. So every time I would get halfway up the stairs, I just, I was completely out of breath. And I'm like, what is going on? So I'm thinking I'm sick. Maybe I got a cold or upper respiratory infection or something and went to the hospital and, and my doctor at the time was a black woman. I never guess she looked at me and she said, you are a walking stroke. And um, I spent half the night in the hospital. They were trying to get my blood pressure down. Finally, they let me go home. And from that point, I knew I had to do something immediately. It was not going to be one of those situations where, okay, let me start this plan. I, I had done that pretty much most of my adult life, you know, after I got out of high school, you know, I was, you know, I was a big guy in high school, played football, but, you know, as, as you get older, you get married, and life kind of takes a toll on you. You just get bigger and bigger. And I had really become oblivious to how big I had actually got. And that day we went to the hospital by my blood pressure. I stepped on that scale. I was 453 pounds. Mm. It really hit me like a ton of bricks. Like, wow. Okay, I got to do something. Because the last thing I was trying to do was die because of this crap. And, and, and at that moment, I told him, we, you got to do something. Like, I can't lose you and my father. Like, at that point, we didn't know what was going on with my dad. And they told me 50-50. The odds are 50-50 that he's going to survive. And so I was like, I can't lose my dad and lose my husband. So you have got to do something. And he made the decision to also have weight loss surgery. Um, and we decided to do it as close as possible, not at the same time, because we still had, you know, teenagers and that we had to Mm -hmm. take care of and get to school and all that stuff. So I had it in February of 2019 and he had it in April. 
But it, I had gotten so large that when I went to my doctor, when I went to the surgeon for the pre-op uh, visit, I couldn't be weighed on a regular scale. Wow. So I had to go in the back where they weigh equipment and things of that nature to be weighed and found that I was 468 pounds. How, when, when they took you to a different location, how did that make you feel? Oh my God. <laughs> I felt less than human. Mm. I was like, so what, y'all taking me back where animals get weighed? Like, what is happening? And he was just like, we have to take you to the industrial scale because Damn. the regular scale in the patient room only went to 400. Damn. And I didn't, I didn't weigh myself at home. So I didn't know how heavy I had gotten. And I was floored when they told me how much I weighed. Was you scared? Oh, absolutely. I thought, this is it. Like, I have to do something right now to help me get started or I could die. And I knew there was a problem. I mean, months before, you know, all of this happened with my dad, like, I was at the point where we went to Disney World for a family vacation and I was, I had to use a scooter because I couldn't walk around the park. It hurt so bad. Or he and I would go to the mall and if he parked too far away from the door, we were fighting. I was arguing like, <laughs> you need to circle around till you get a spot closer to the door because I can't walk to the door. And I, I did, he didn't see what I saw and what I felt. So he didn't understand. To him, he thought, she was the finest thing on two legs. Didn't <laughs> tell me nothing at the time. Oh, he didn't get it. And I was just like, I'm hurting my knees, my legs, my back. I can't walk that far. I think, the, honestly, the first time I really noticed it, we had went to Richmond, Virginia to a concert. We went to go see, um, who was that, Art, Belleville DeVoe and Bobby Brown and Babyface. And literally, the hotel we were staying at was directly across the street from the venue. It was within feet. Yeah. And literally, like, she couldn't make it halfway across the parking lot to the concert. And I was just like, I think that's when it really hit me. Then we get to the venue. And um, so she's a big fan of New Edition and all of that stuff. So I got the meet and greet tickets. So we were standing in line and the line was, of course, long. And of course, they were late. <laughs> so <laughs> we had to stand in line for a long period of time. And it just got to the point where she was just getting, like, she was literally getting mad at me. I don't think she was necessarily mad at me. It was just because she was having to stand up for long periods of time and it was it was irritating her. So I literally had to, I ran around the venue, found a chair for her to sit in. That whole day, that whole night, I think it just kind of ruined the whole night. That's when it kind of hit me how much pain she was in, just standing up. Let me, let me ask you a question, Michael. Do you, and, and this, it's great that you, you know, you still found your woman attractive. You thought she was beautiful. But do you think because you, you know, because you were kind of like nonchalant about the weight gain, do you think that handed her towards getting her health together? Mm, I don't I don't know if I can answer that question. I, you know, she was heavy set when we met. So it wasn't, you know, like we she was small, we got together and she put all this weight on. I I found her attractive from the moment I laid eyes on her. Okay. So I don't know if that. I don't know. Did it hinder you? I, I no, so, so... Now, mind I, you, hold on. Before we go any further, <laughs> let's get something all the way straight here. If one thing my wife has never had an issue with is getting men. When I met her, she was plus-size model. So I 
ran across one of her pictures on Facebook years ago. And she was like, th- her weight was never an issue with men or anything. They loved her. Hell, they, they, when, she, when, they found out we, when they found out we had got married, boy, they had came out the woodwork. They was hot. <laughs> so, yeah, her finding men or getting men's attention was never an issue. So I don't even know if that even played a part in it. No, so that's one thing I was going to say. Like, I haven't had problems dating or anything <laughs> like that. I was the I was the pick, the poster girl for, you have such a pretty face. That's what I had. That's what I was. So I didn't really have struggles with that. Um, but I think, I think my struggles came, honestly, when my dad got sick and I started feeling pain physical pain. Now I've carried a lot of weight since I was in my late teens. So when I started feeling pain and then he got sick, I was like, that's what triggered it. I was scared. I was like, oh no, I'm getting ready to be, I'm not, I'm going to be immobile soon. Mm-hmm. And I was scared because that that's what happened to him. He lost feeling in his left side. So my, from 2017 until my dad passed away last year, he could not walk. He couldn't move. His left side was done. So I thought, oh goodness, I can't, I'm I'm starting to feel these pains. I'm starting to not be able to walk distance. I'm about to be bedridden. Damn. And and all the pretty faces in the world can't do nothing for you if you can't get up out of bed. (laughs) (laughs) But let me, and this is another thing that I found really fascinating. You both are very open about having the surgery how, how you what allows you to be so transparent about it because we didn't want to lie about it it was just one of those things and we talked about this early on it was just like look when we knew we were going to kind of start documenting our journey the one thing we said like we're not going to lie about this i i i got i have family members that have had the surgery and that reached out to me and they were just like how how do you tell people you had it like first of all let's get something straight and, and, and I love my black people, but you show up and you done lost a whole lot of weight. They either gonna think you smoking crack or you sick. So, but it it was just one of those things. To me, it was nothing to, it was nothing to hide. It was nothing to be shameful about. I did this to save my life. She did it for the same reasons. So why would that be something we would be ashamed to share with people? And, like and- we had to make this decision. I honestly feel like, and this is just me, I feel like had I not had this surgery, I don't think I'd be sitting here today, especially with the health situations that I just dealt with in May. Um, that the, the surgeons told me I, I have a, a, a tear in my aorta that happened in May. And the surgeon looked at it, he said, had you still been 460 some pounds, you probably wouldn't be sitting here right now. And I think also, you know, so I, like he said, I had done some plus size modeling before. I was active on social media. There was, was no way in this world that I could lose like, I lost 100 pounds in six months. <laughs> I could not have <laughs> been like, oh, yeah, I died to exercise. No. And I wanted <laughs> to take away the stigma of weight loss surgery. I mean, it's hard work. Like, two weeks after surgery, I was working out. I was in the pool. I was doing everything that I could to get to jumpstart. And at two weeks in, I mean, you, 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 you lost maybe 20, 30 pounds, but still I had to, I said, if I don't start working out, the sweet spot is the first six months mm-hmm. and you lose a lot of weight surgery alone. But after six months, 
Oh, you on your own. And if you're not doing the right thing by that six month, it's hard to catch up. And I know a, t a lot of people who within the first year have gained back all the weight and then some. Yep. And there was yep. no way in this world I was going to get cut open again. Does so, it bother you? Does it bother you too when people make it like, oh, you, you took the easy way out to get surgery? Not at all. It no, because I feel like they're not educated and they don't understand what you have to go through. I mean, the first eight weeks were so painful for me. My my experience, I was vomiting. I like you follow your doctor's orders with what you're supposed to eat, you know, liquids the first week, puree the second, and you work your way up to where you're eating normal but super small portions. But your taste buds change, you know, you eat something that's too heavy or or doesn't agree with you and you're throwing up or you're in the bathroom like it's not pleasant it is not pleasant at all and for me it's just one of those things man where you know if you just look at the numbers and i and i, and I said this when we interviewed with ct because i knew well we already get those kind of comments already but you look at the numbers 35 percent of the people who have this surgery never even reach their goal weight over 60% of the, I think it's 63% of the people who have the surgery put the weight back on. Wow. So it's not a magic bullet. Like, you got to put the work in. And that's why we document our, our, our workout journeys every day. It's like, it's not, people can say, oh, it's, it's the easy way out. But if you don't work out and you don't change your nutrition, like, you're going to put the weight back on. Mm -hmm. And then some. I've known yeah. so many people that have put on more. And who have gone back for revisions or, you know, second, third revision. Like, I can't imagine having to go through that. I got two guys that I'm working with right now that just inboxed me that had the surgery. One guy had his surgery four years ago. One guy had his surgery two years ago. Both of them are bigger than they were before they had the surgery. Wow. And so their question to me is like, how did you do it? But I knew it wasn't a magic bullet. Yeah, it's going to help me drop some weight. You know, it's, it's going to help me drop a large amount of weight. But I also knew in the back of my mind that, look, if you don't change your diet, if you don't get your ass in that gym, you're going to put the weight back on. Like I said, I, and, and, you know, I think for me, because I've had family members that have had the surgery, I've had friends that have had the surgery, and none of them were successful with it. They dropped a lot of weight, and they put it right back on. And I wasn't, like she said, I wasn't going to be that guy. I was like, if I'm going to do this, I'm going to stick to the planet. Don't get me wrong. We 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 mess up every night. Like we were in New York this weekend, <laughs> ate some crap that we probably shouldn't have ate, but we own it and we get back on. We get back on the ground. Oh yeah, oh. look, I saw the I saw the trips to Juniors and the pizza. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But, but but you know, and we, when we do make those, when we do have those cheat times, you know, like we had one slice of cheesecake that we shared and didn't even eat and the didn't finish thing. that. So that's <laughs> what a cheat is for us because of where we are in this journey. And, you know, I've talked to women who have said, you know, and I've said, like, it's painful. If I overeat, I'm sick. Like, my stomach is hurting. I'm throwing up. I'm sick. And I was just like, but how? How do you gain the weight back when it's so painful? And I had one woman say to me, that is temporary. The pain is temporary for that moment. I can stretch my stomach back out and then I can eat what I want again. So, like I said on the interview with CT, it's it's in your mind. You got to deal with that mess first. And, you know, when we had surgery, that was part of the process before having surgery was having a psychological visit. And I feel like 
whether you have surgery or you do your diet and exercise or however you decide to lose weight, that you have to deal with what's going on in your mind before you can commit to something like this. The, the regimen that we deal with, that we do for our workouts and our nutrition is not easy. And if you're not mentally prepared and ready for that type of change, it's not going to work. Quick question for you, Michael. I'm, I'm, let me ask you a quick question, Michael. Um, how important was it to see Kim go through the surgery and the process first? Um, it was definitely important. I mean, like I said, when she initially said she was going to have it, I was hell-bent against it. I'm like, I'm not doing that. <laughs> um, for me, like I said, when I went through that initial situation with the blood pressure and almost having a stroke and all that stuff, it became a very easy decision after that. Well, you know, why, were you, why were you against it so much? Because um, I have the same mindset of thinking, you know, I'm going to do it the right way. That's the easy way out. And, and when, when you start researching it, that's when you realize, and it, it, when you start researching it, you, you kind of understand it. But actually going through the process, you realize it's not the easy way out. It's really not. But I, I knew I had to make a drastic decision at that period of time because, honestly, I didn't know how much time I was going to have if I was going to have time to try to drop it all on my own and all of that stuff. Like I said, when a doctor tells you you're walking stroke and you're about to die, you know you had to do something drastic at that moment. So it wasn't really a hard decision. But And honestly, her, um, when she had the surgery, it was her recovery was a whole lot tougher than mine. Mine, I didn't really have any issues after surgery. Um, they, they have what, what is it called? The dumping syndrome where like you constantly vomiting and all of that stuff. I didn't have any of that stuff. I was, I was good to go like after a week. Mm. So I didn't have a whole lot of abdominal pain or any of that. I was just good to go after that. So, I mean, yeah, watching her do it, like I said, and initially it wasn't, wasn't my cup of tea, but, um, you know, and then I, after I got sick, of course, she was on my ass anyway. But look, <laughs> I don't think I really had a choice after that moment. I'm going to stay with you, Michael, because we, we got to talk about something that was really important. You kind of touched on it early, but now I want to kind of go more in depth. Um, you had a a heart, artery? Uh, aorta, well, they, it's an aorta aneurysm, or, or what is it? Um, aorta dissection is what they kill it. So it. for the listeners and myself, explain exactly what that is. So, you know, the aorta is the main valve, you know, that pumps blood to your heart. So we had just got back. We had went on vacation a week before. We had just got back from St. Thomas. And um, we were, you know, doing our early morning workout. So we get back a few days after we get back. We get up 5 o'clock in the morning, hit the gym, come home. She goes to work. I do what I had to do for work that day. And then I was just feeling really good that day. I was like, you know what? I'm going to get another workout in. So when uh, when uh, Corona hit, we basically kind of, because we couldn't go to the gym anymore. So I bought a bunch of gym equipment and turned the garage into a gym. So I get in the garage. I'm doing another workout, feeling good. Was sitting, doing preacher curls, and I was lifting heavy that day. And um, I'm doing preacher curls, and I stand up. And I just had this sharp pain from my left side of my chest down to my midsection. And it, it literally just kind of knocked me down. I, I remember just sitting back down. I was like, what in the heck is going on? So I sat there for a minute. Finally, I was able to stand up and I walk in the house. 
and I just kind of laid on the couch. I'm thinking I had pulled a muscle or something is what I thought had happened. So I lay on the couch for about 45 minutes. I finally get up, make my way upstairs. Um, you vomited too. Yeah, I ended up throwing, like, I, I, yeah, like later that day, I just, I had uncontrolled vomiting. Like I couldn't stop myself from throwing up. Um, she comes home. Well, he texts me. He texts me at work. And yeah. uh, the text was, babe, I need you. And I'm like, what the hell? And I'm, I call him and he's like, I don't feel good. I've thrown up. I feel like I pulled a muscle and I was like, what happened? He's like, I went out and did another workout. So my first thought was, your ass ain't 18. Why the hell are you out in the garage doing another workout after we just worked out hard at 5 a.m.? What are you doing? Go sit down, go lay down, put some heat or ice on you. You know, I thought he pulled a muscle as well. So, yeah, so I'm, yeah. I'm fussing at him because I'm like, what are you doing? <laughs> So the next morning I wake up, I feel a little bit better. I don't have the pain in my chest, but I still have this kind of slight pain in my, my midsection. So we get up, we run errands, and, you know, I'm, I'm okay. Sunday rolls around. Now, the, the initial injury happened Friday. So Saturday we kind of run around. I'm still feeling not as bad as I did the day before. Sunday I'm feeling a little better, still a slight pain in my midsection. But I knew that Monday I was going to have to travel for work. So I was like, let me just run over here to urgent care and get checked out. Go over to urgent care, which was literally like up the street from my house. So she drives me over to urgent care. I check in. She said, I'm going to run across over here to Target because Target was kind of like in the same shopping center as urgent care. So I check in. I sit down waiting for them to call me back. And then next thing I know, I just start feeling lightheaded. And then I'm breaking out into, I'm, I'm cold. But like I start getting chills, but I'm sweating profusely like just drenched in sweat so i text her i'm like where are you and then as soon as i text her she was coming through the door already as soon as she comes through the door i'm literally like passing out sliding out of the chair so they get a wheelchair they roll me to the back they hook me up to the ekg machine they don't really know what in the world is going on with me at this time so of course they call the ambulance they take me to the hospital get to the hospital and by the time I get out of the ambulance and to the hospital, I'm feeling better. I'm no longer sweating. I'm, I'm kind of coherent at that time. Telling the, the nurse what's going on with me. So they're like, let's do a CAT scan. Do the CAT scan. They roll me, they do the CAT scan, roll me back into the room. And literally 10 minutes after that, the nurse comes running back in. He said, we got a helicopter coming. You're, we're emergency lifting you to um, University of Maryland. Like you're going into immediate surgery. So then they start explaining to me this aorta tear. So there's two types. There's an ascending aorta tear and a descending aorta tear. For me, I have a descending aorta tear. That's why I had the pain kind of like going down into my midsection. The worst one is an ascending tear because if it's ascending, that means it's going up to your heart. Both of them are no, not good at all, but if you want to, if you got to have one, you want the descending aorta tear. Okay. So they airlift me, literally jump me into a helicopter, <laughs> fly me over to University of Maryland. I get to University of Maryland. They do another CAT scan. Um, lucky for me, they didn't have to do immediate surgery. They just kind of wanted to monitor me. And then again, I'm having issues with the blood pressure again. So I spent two and a half weeks in the hospital. And there, the whole two weeks, are just trying to get my blood pressure under control. Mm. So the weightlifting, I... 
I don't really know if I got the tear because I, I was I was lifting heavy that day, so I don't know if it was just that strain or was it... it I think it was a little bit of both, mm -hmm. the blood pressure being high and then me putting extra strain on my body lifting heavy that day. Mm. So it was just kind of a, 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 a double whammy. Um, so there, they, you know, ever since then, this happened Amen. May May twenty third. Mm -hmm. So I spent my 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 forty third birthday in the hospital. <laughs> May, wait a minute, May twenty third this year? This yeah, year. this year. Mm -hmm. Wow. This year. Yep. So I went into the hospital at two hundred and twenty eight pounds. By the time I got out of the hospital, I was two hundred and two pounds. Damn. Um, yeah. yeah, I had shriveled up pretty good. So this is after. So my dad actually passed away from COVID in December. Wow, and my so condolences. Thank you. This is after that. So you know I was on his ass. <laughs> like, <laughs> I, ain't, I ain't going through this. Like, whatever. Whatever's got to happen has to happen, because I cannot go through losing you. Like, yeah. And he got very small. I got very worried. He was in the hospital for two weeks. And I was like, whatever. Whatever they say. If they say no more lifting, you ain't lifting no more. Because at that time, I had really got heavy into the weightlifting. I was... Um, that was his thing. Yeah. And, and that, and that, and that kind of goes back to what we talked about before as far as, you know, getting you a routine, a workout routine. You know... That's why I tell people this is not the magic bullet. So as I started dropping the weight, I knew I wanted to kind of, I wanted to transform my body. And so weightlifting was my thing. I was always a big fan of C.T. Fletcher. And at this particular time, maybe like a year ago, for some strange reason, one day he just starts following us on social media. And I'm just <laughs> like, hey, what in the world is this? So we just started talking. He just started giving me tips. He was just like, hey, you know, I, I see your, your journey, you know, I'm, Super happy for it. I've been following CT for like nine years. You know, for some strange reason, he took a liking to me. I have no idea why. But <laughs> you know, and what's funny is like, so my dad used so when my when my dad found out Michael was following like following CT, my dad used to talk about him back in the day, the old CT, before the heart issues. <laughs> so my dad used to talk about him and um I didn't even know at one point that Michael was a fan or following him. And I had the old CT app on my phone only because my dad had talked about him so much. And I was like, I need a kick in the ass. So I downloaded his app and would use that for motivation. But yeah, so it was funny because, you know, my dad used to talk about, yeah, this is strong dude out of California. Da, da, da. This was back in, you know, 90s, 80s, 90s time. So it was very interesting. And then to find out that Michael was a fan and following him. And then, you know, Michael got really into, into working out and weightlifting. And that was his thing. So when he got sick, I was like, oh. Yeah, and they told me at that time, they were like, have an no, more, no more weightlifting. Nothing. They had, like, completely shut me down. And I kind of went into, like, a light depression after that because I was thinking to myself, you know, I... I I, I get this thing that I'm enjoying. Like it, it, it you know, CT Fletcher always talks about obsession. Like you have to be obsessed with the weightlifting. I had just got to that point where I was becoming obsessed with it. And then it was like, they pulled the rug out from under. And I had found my thing. Like I was running, I started running um, a month after weight loss surgery. So running was my thing. And then 
um, last year I had told my dad I was going to do a triathlon this year. And he was all excited for that. And when he passed, I was like, I still have to do it. So my thing was definitely running and then getting into biking and swimming for triathlon. So Michael's thing was weightlifting. Like we both had a thing, we were excited about it. And then this happened. So, you know, from there, they let me go home. And, you know, ever since then, I've just been getting monitored. I got to get CAT scans every uh, three months. So luckily for me, the um, aorta tear hasn't gotten any worse. It's still stable. Um, they allowed me to get back to weightlifting. I can't do any heavy lifting as, you know, right now. Um, but I can, I'm, I'm back in the gym. I was literally back in the gym maybe like two months after I got out of the hospital. Um, once they cleared me, um, from there, I, it was, I just kind of had to change the whole routine. So now I can lift, but I have to do lightweights and more. I can do lightweights and, and more reps. So before I was kind of doing heavy weights, uh, less, less reps. Now I just kind of had to reverse everything. And for me, luckily, um, it's been working. And like I said, with kind of CT's guidance on, on my program and everything is, is. I haven't really skipped a beat any. I, I put the weight back on. So like I said, I was 228 when I went in the hospital, came out at 202. I'm back up to 217 right now. Um, so I, I feel good. So luckily this thing hasn't hindered me too much, but it was definitely a wake-up call. Before before um before this happened, what was your what was the max you was lifting and what are you lifting now? Um now in my early days, my football playing days, I was benching like 375. Um I kind of fell off from that as after, after I got out of high school, you know, and then I just stopped lifting kind of after my football days were over with. So I had kind of started back off. I think before I went in the hospital, I was maxing out at like 250, 275, somewhere around in there. Um, now I'm not, I don't even know what my max is because I'm not lifting heavy anymore. So, no, no, I'm saying what, like, what, what do you, what, what is the, like the good comfort weight for you now? Oh, right now, um, like anything as far as like chest, so like we did chest today. Like if I do dumbbell presses, I'm only using like no more than fifty pounds. Okay. Um, as far as like bench pressing, you know, no more than like one eighty five. Okay. So I'm keeping it light, but the the good thing about it is I'm still seeing results, mm -hmm. and that that was kind of my fear. I've always been trained early on. Just we just lift heavy stuff. That was just all we did. I didn't know anything about <laughs> like lifting light or anything like that. So. After I got out of the hospital and I was telling CT what was going on, he was just like, I'm telling you. He said, lighten the weight and just do more reps. So before I was doing maybe like 8 to 10 reps, now I do 12 to 15 reps. Ah, okay. You know what I'm saying? So, and, and it's been paying off. So um, I was lucky to have that guidance because I probably wouldn't have known what to do after that. I'm, I'm just glad they allowed me to get back in the gym because when they initially told me that I was no longer going to be able to lift weights, I was... I was shot, man. <laughs> Completely shot. I was done after that. And now I go. Yeah. Strength training was not, I mean, I, so I am a, if anybody follows my page, I am a super Peloton fan. So Peloton <laughs> I have a bike and a tread and I, I do everything. I do the bike, the tread, yoga, strength training. So the extent of my strength training was Peloton. And then when the doctor said he could go back to doing some weight training and I was like, okay, I'm going with you because I need to watch you. <laughs> uh, whatever you doing with CT's app, 
I'm gonna do. So you need to <laughs> tailor it for me so I can do it too. So now we do it together and it's been great. Like I've seen major gains in the last two months. Um, and it's also helped. So you know, like I said, I, I'm a triathlete. So it's helped with my swimming and all of that. So it's been super helpful. And I get to keep an eye on this guy. <laughs> Let me ask you something, Kim, because I like throughout this conversation, you've mentioned your dad and you've mentioned Michael and, and the similarities. Huh? Is that what initially attracted you to him? Yeah, so, you know, they always say that girls usually fall for guys that are like their dad. So Michael's my second husband. I was married before and had two daughters with my first husband. And I always say, so, you know, I love my dad. And my dad was almost perfect to me, but he had his issues. And he had things that, that he dealt with that, made him not so much of a great guy. And sadly, my first husband was that part of my dad, the not so good guy. Um, and I always say that Michael is the part of my dad that could do no wrong and that I loved. So, <laughs> so yeah, he's that part of him. And, you know, I felt like you know, I could not, I couldn't go through this journey with anybody else. And I'm glad that he he decided that he needed to, to make a change and go through this with me. I feel like anyone who goes through any type of weight loss journey, however you do it, needs to have some sort of support system. I was blessed that my dad was supportive. Um, when I told him I wanted to do it, he asked me, are you sure? I said, yes. He said, okay, you made the decision. I'm going to back you. And Michael was the same way. And I feel like anybody who goes through any type of journey like this has to have people in their corner that will be there, will believe in them, whether they go through it or not, just will be there because it's not easy. And that's what a lot of people don't understand. You know, when I read those numbers down of the people that have been unsuccessful with this surgery, a lot of the divorce rate is extremely mm -hmm. high of mm -hmm. people who have weight loss surgery. Mm. I mean, I was, I, well, this was a couple of years ago, last time I checked the numbers, but like, it was like 47% of people who have <laughs> weight loss surgery end up getting divorced because their spouse just can't deal with the fact that them losing weight or are not supportive of them having the surgery and losing the weight. That was mind blowing to me. And I'm worried about that. Before he decided to have the surgery, you know, that was a thought. I was like, okay, I'm going to tell him about that weight loss surgery. I'm going to lose a, a lot of weight. He met me the way I was. He fell in love with me the way I was. Is he not going to be attracted to me because I've lost this weight? Because I've, I've seen it so much where people have lost a lot of weight and their spouse is like, I liked you heavier. I, I, I'm just not attracted to you anymore. So I was nervous that that was going to be the case. You know, at the end of the day, for me, it was like, it had nothing to do with the aesthetics of it. It was just like, okay, this is a health situation. And for me, her father, watching what her father went through was a wake-up call for me, too. You know, it, it, you know, when they tell you, like, hey, we don't know if we can do this surgery because you're too big, I'm thinking, wait, so I could get sick and 
need a surgery, they can look at me and say, hey, you can't have this surgery because you're too big. Like that stuff hit me like a ton of bricks too. And so, you know, for me, it was uh, it, when she decided she was going to do it, it was nothing that I was going to fight. I'm like, I, I totally understand. You know, like I said, at the time, it wasn't what I wanted to do. But, you know, for her, I was like, hell yeah. Like, whatever you need to do, I'll support you on that because I totally understand. And I'm super headstrong. So he, <laughs> it wouldn't matter he, what wasn't, I said he wasn't going to say nothing. Yeah, I mean, he could have yeah, screamed and jumped it. up and down, but she would have did it anyway. I was going to do it anyway. <laughs> I, was, I had made the decision. <laughs> And, and one thing you mentioned, Kim, when you're doing the um, process, your dad actually got a chance to see you before his, you know, before his passing. He did get a chance to see you progress and lose some weight. So what did that mean to you? Oh, my gosh. It was amazing. Like, so my dad um, was in a, in a nursing home. Um, he had was having rehab to try to get some mobility back. And so we, prior to COVID, we were able to go see him as much as we wanted. And he saw the weight loss. I think he, he saw up to about 220 pounds loss. Yes. Wow. So I looked very different. He was so proud. He was so excited to hear that I was going to get into triathlon. And he was just like, you can do it. And, you know, I have a text message that he sent me that, I, you know, I keep, you know, he, he, my sister, so my sister is the polar opposite. My sister used to be 100 pounds soaking wet. She might be 120 pounds soaking wet now. <laughs> and she was always the athlete. You know, she did track in high school, track in college. I wasn't that girl. I, I did do cheer. I was a cheerleader my junior and senior year in high school, and that was it. I didn't do nothing else. I wasn't doing nothing active, none of that. And so, and we're built very differently. She's shorter than me. She has a very small frame. I'm taller. I have a more curvy frame. And so I texted him one day and I was like, Dad, I signed up for the tri Columbia Triathlon. So I was born in Nashville, Tennessee. He brought me and my mom here in the late 70s for a better opportunity, better life. And we grew up in, I grew up in Columbia, Maryland. And I said, Dad, I signed up for the Columbia Triathlon. It's June of next year. I'm so excited. I texted him. And he texted me back and said, I always knew you were an athlete. It just took you a little longer to figure it out. Wow. And I keep that text message because he was right. And my dad was an athlete. My dad was an athlete all his life until he got older. He played basketball. My dad was a musician. He played the guitar and sang. He self-taught from the age of 15. And so he did a lot of great things. So when I got that, I was like, yes. I'm actually an athlete. Like I'm doing this shit. Like this is amazing. So for him to see me, like every time we go visit, he'd be like, okay, baby girl, stand up. Let me see. <laughs> I turn around and he'd be like, oh my goodness. Like you're getting so small. You look so great. And you, you know, he would, he'd love to see my medals. Um, sad thing is we moved and we got a new house and my dad never was able to come see my house. And um, Michael had got me a, uh, like a, sta a thing that I could post all my medals on. And I took a picture and sent it to my dad. He was just like, I'm so proud of you. I, I'm just so proud that you're finally finding you. And it was amazing. It was great that he got to see that. Um, sadly, when I lost a lot of the weight, Last year in December, it was time for me to have skin removal surgery. I had a lot of loose skin, a lot. And 
in early December, I told him I was going to have skin removal surgery. And he was like, okay. He was excited for it. And my surgery date was December 10th. And it was maybe two days prior, two or three days prior to my surgery date that he, we got the news he went into the hospital with COVID. And I was debating if I was going to have the surgery or not, because I didn't know what was going to happen. And I was like, I'm just not going to do it. I'm just not. And I, Michael was like, he would not want you to not do this. Like, you have to continue this journey. And I was just so scared that I would be in surgery and something would happen to him. Um, but I talked to Michael. I talked to my mom. I talked to my stepmother, my sister, and just a lot of people just to find out what they thought. And, you know, I prayed about it and decided I'm going to have, I, I need to, I need to do it. This part of the journey, I said I was going to do it. I'm going to finish this. And I just had to pray that he was going to be there when I came out. And I had the surgery on December 10th. Um, I had uh, brachioplasty. I had both arms done. I had skin removed from both arms. I had skin removed from my abdomen. And um, I didn't tell him because I didn't want him to worry because he was already sick and in the hospital. So I didn't tell him I had the surgery. So I would FaceTime him <laughs> and I was in our room. I, we had rented a, one of those medical recliners to help me get up and down because I couldn't lay in a bed or anything. And I would FaceTime him from the chair, sitting up, <laughs> trying to be <laughs> trying to be normal so he wouldn't know what was happening because I didn't want him to worry. I was like, he doesn't need to focus on me. I need him to get better. So he didn't know I had the, the skin removal surgery. And for two weeks, I talked to him via FaceTime and he never knew. And that was hard not to be able to share that win with him because I shared the whole journey with him. But I just was so scared that if he knew, he would just be so worried about me that he wouldn't fight for himself. Mm. This question is for you, Michael. Um, you know, you've, you've lost. Oh, how much exactly have you lost personally? How has that changed your? How is the how's the weight loss changed your perspective on life? Um, honestly, and this is going to sound weird. When I first started losing the weight, it was very hard for me to accept. I've, I've been a big guy all my life, and what I realized was that the weight had kind of defined who I was. And as I started getting smaller. I kind of lost myself in that process. He was always Big Mike. Yeah, I was Big Mike. I was that dude. That was what set me apart. And I wasn't one of those big guys that, like, was had low self-esteem. Like, I never had a problem getting a girlfriend, none of that stuff. It was just, like, it was, to me, my weight is what made me different. It's what made me special. And as the years went on, and like I said, when we had the surgery and I started losing the weight, I kind of felt like I lost my identity there for a minute. <laughs> what I had to realize was I was using the weight as a I was using the weight as a crutch. You know, at the end of the day, the weight doesn't define me. Or, you know, my body size doesn't define me. I was using that as a crutch. And then, but what I also had to realize the weight was killing me too. Mm. Um so it definitely was a it was a it took some getting used to. 
But as my health started to get better and I, and I started feeling better, you know, I had been carrying that weight around so long, I didn't even, it, it became normal to me. But as I started losing the weight, I'm like, holy crap, I feel amazing. <laughs> like, and I had got so accustomed to that that I didn't know what normal was anymore. To me, it was just normal to be 400 some pounds. But, you know, now I'm smaller now than I was in high school. Wow. In high school, I was, you know, when I, my football playing days, I was 260. Yeah, I'm walking around about between 260 and 270. So to wow. be 217 pounds, now, I can't even remember the last time I was 200. <laughs> Probably. The sixth grade, maybe. Damn. I would uh, said the same thing. The size <laughs> I am now is probably in eighth grade. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, it, it definitely took some getting used to, but as far as my my perspective, it really made me realize that I had been hindering myself for a long time. Mm. You know, we would, our basically, our weekends would be, back then would be, what are we going to eat? What are we gonna eat for breakfast? Yeah, laying Where in the bed. Where are we going for lunch? <laughs> yeah, and, and laying in the bed and watching uh what the hell we watching back then? I uh, missed everything. And trying to, you know, we weren't active at all. So after we had surgery and we weren't able to eat like anything, that first those first few months, it was like, holy crap, we got a whole lot of time on our hands. We used to talk about food and go eat a lot. Now what we gonna do? <laughs> so mm. it just kind of opened us up to different. Like now we we get out, we travel as much Jeez. as possible. We've like, gone hiking, we've gone camping, things that never we would never would have so thought it, about. It, it definitely opened my eyes to a whole another to a different life. You know, everything is not revolved around food because that's what our life was revolved around back then. Man. What was it? So now I got to ask y'all the question because, man, you guys went down there to train with the world famous C.T. Fletcher. What was that like? Amazing. You know, <laughs> he was, this whole thing was, which was so, I don't know. And I, I feel really blessed. Like, because when he first, because he, C.T. doesn't train anymore. Like, he had stopped training after he had his uh, open heart surgery. Now, we had went down there in August and trained with his son, Samson. So we had already trained with his son. Uh, we, we, I've met, we, met CT a few occasions um, in the past, but this was our first time actually training with him. So when he decided that Samson kind of talked him into kind of doing these like one-on-one -on -one training sessions, and but they were charging a lot of money for these sessions. So I remember talking to him one day. I was like, you know, Pops, he always tell me to call him Pops now. I was like, Pops, I said, I really want to do this training. They were charging a nice little chunk of change for that. And he was like, you and your wife come down. I was like, what? And he was like, nah, y'all my kids, y'all come down. And he already, already wanted to do an interview with us as well. He said, like, we'll just combine them. We'll do the interview and I'll train you guys and we'll put it on my YouTube channel. He, he was like, I really want to promote you guys as much as possible. He's taking a, a great liking to my wife for some strange reason, which everybody does. I'm likable. <laughs> <laughs> so that, that's his daughter now. So he loves Kim. He was like, look, he was like, you guys are amazing. He said, like, you know, I've been following your journey. He said, whatever I can do to help you guys and promote you guys and get you guys out there, I'm willing to do. He was like, so you guys just get with Samson, set a date, y'all come down. Didn't charge us a dime. And that blew me away. <laughs> <Man>. <laughs> And he's, he is 
so I, I always feel like, you know, there's a greater power, stars are not, I always feel that, you know, and CT is, he has a, he has a part of my dad. Like I always tell Michael, like, I think of CT like my father, the way CT is so blunt and the what his sailor mouth, the way he curses all the time, like all of that, his love for cars, his love for his family, like he is, that's how my dad was. He was like that. So like I said, at the end of the interview, I said, it was a blessing to be, it's, it is a blessing to have him in our lives. And I feel like I'm able to do him proud and do my dad proud. One of the things when my dad passed away was, I told Michael, I was like, I don't have anybody to make proud anymore. Like, you know, my mom is still living and I love my mom. I will do anything for my mom, but my, my close relationship was with my dad always mm. uh, from the day I was born. So when I, whatever I did through my life was always to make my daddy proud. So to be able to train with CT and for him to love us like he does has been, I think, divine intervention because it's what I needed. When my dad passed away, I felt alone. I felt like I, I was missing something. So when we got to train with him, it was it was amazing. Yeah, it, it was like, a, you know, for me, like I said, I've been following this man for like nine, almost 10 years now. I had always watched his videos and it was funny. And I was telling him when we were there, I was like, I remember watching your videos and they would motivate me, but they didn't motivate me to the point where it made me get up off my butt and do something. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it would kind of fire you up and then you kind of get back in your regular moment. Ah, I'm going to go ahead and eat this steak and this uh -huh. potatoes and, you know, whatever. But um, it was it was always there. Like, it, 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 it instilled something in me. So when the weight started coming off, I really got motivated. <clears throat> and that was, and I told him, and, and all, you know, I don't know if you watched the whole interview, but I told him at the beginning, that after, well, a few days before we went out there, I had kind of got real nervous about going there. You know, for anybody that knows C.T. Fletcher and the Iron Addicts Gym, it has been some legends that have walked through that door and worked out. And it's been a lot of weight thrown around in there. And I felt unworthy to go there and actually train with him. Now, I've worked out in the Iron Edge gym before, but to actually be trained by C.T. Fletcher was very kind of like, it was weighing on me real heavy. And he, and I remember he reached out to me, he was like, it ain't about how much weight you can lift. He was like, all I ask is when you come here, you give it everything you got. You leave it all on the floor. And he's like, you can do that, you'll be good with me. And I told him, I said, you know, Pops, when I get there, I'm willing to leave it all on the floor. You know, and um, you know, he, he, he assured me that everything was going to be good. And I, I definitely appreciate him for that. But like I said, it was very overwhelming kind of going in there working with him. Like I said, it's been some, some of the strongest people on the planet have been trained by CT Fletcher. So yeah, was, and I, I saw your, I saw the video before you, um, before you went, you, you gave a message. Yeah. And I was written and actually I was inspired to hear the message because you could see like the, the concern you had, but you could also see, that you were going to push through it and you were, you had like, you could see the confidence building like second by second for you to go in there. So it was really a powerful video to watch. I'm not really like a, I'm not gonna say, I, I'm not good at like 
motivational stuff. So that that's not, I don't do that a lot. And that's why it's always so strange to me. And I, it's still kind of hard for me to accept when people inbox me or hit us up and be like, you know, man, you know, that powerful message, like you're so inspirational. I, you know, I didn't do this for that reason. It was just something I needed to do for myself and my family to make sure that I'm healthy, that I'm still here. And it was a goal that I set for myself. You know, my uh, right now, my thing is I, I have a vision of what I want myself to look like. I've always wanted big muscle arms. Like that's what I'm working for. Like that, I, I have a vision of myself and I work towards that. And so now that, you know, that uh, what I'm doing inspires people, that's still kind of hard for me to accept because it was, I've never been that guy. So, you know, when people say, you know, reach out, like, oh man, you know, no video this morning, no message this morning. It's like, so I'm kind of finding a different side of myself that I didn't even know existed, to be honest with you. Yeah, I mean, but and see, that's the thing a lot of people don't understand. The people who inspire people the most, they're not, that's not what they set out to do. They just tell their story, they share their journey, and people who watch, they just become inspired. That's, that's and, and the thing. I wanted, like, even with the whole, like, you brought up the whole not hiding or not hiding the fact that we had weight loss surgery. When I told her I wanted to really kind of document this and make this a part of the podcast and recording this stuff, like, I wanted people to understand that it's an option. Like, you know, especially Black people, because it's, it's, it's so, like, kind of taboo in the Black community. Like, you know, people don't even realize it's an option. And I'm like, no, it's an option. Like, you got to put the work in, but this is an option for you. Like, you know. It gets you started. It, it, yeah, it gets you started. Like, if that's, you use it right. If you use it, it literally exactly. is a tool. It is not the end-all, be-all. It's not a magic bullet. It is a tool to get you going. And I think that's what our message is to everybody is, we're not resting on the fact that we had surgery. We are here working every day to make sure that we are healthy and well. We are here not just for the appearance of being smaller and looking better, but to live a healthier life. Like, I feel like we've probably added 10, 20 years to our life. We got kids. You know, I can't, we can't leave them right now. So I think people need to, I, I always feel like folks need to humble themselves, put the pride to the side, and do what you have to do to live your life. And I, I know for a fact, I made so many promises and excuses to myself. <laughs> when I'm, okay, I remember I did like a 30-day juice fast. I, I tried near me every diet in the book. And I was not consistent with any of them. And, and then don't get me wrong, for people who have done this naturally and stick to the program, I got nothing but respect for you for that. And, and, and one thing, I hate that word. Do it natural. Whatever you do that's best for you is natural. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever it is, however that looks for you, is natural for you. And you got to do what you have to do to save your life. And that's what we did. I feel like what I did was to save my life because I definitely could have been in a hospital bed within three months of what I was going through at 468 pounds. Nobody should walk around with that kind of weight on their frame. You can't live that way. And for me, it took a near-death experience for me to realize that I had to do something drastic. And I truly, honestly believe like it saved my life. And for that reason alone, 
I'm not going to hide the fact that I had weight loss surgery at all. And I don't care what people say. Like I said, we've had, oh, you guys took the easy way out. Mm-hmm. Whatever you want to call it, brother. But guess what? I'm, I'm still alive. Here. I'm still here. And at this point in my life, I look better than you. Yeah. So, I'm alive. <laughs> and, <laughs> call and, it what and, you want. And we don't hide that we also had plastic surgery. We had a lot of loose skin that caused a lot of issues that had to be removed. I don't shy away from the fact that, yes, I've had my arms done, I've had my stomach done, and I may have something else done. (laughs) But I worked for this. And I, at this point, I I should be able to do what I need to do to feel comfortable in my own skin. And, you know, for me, I, I I had the loose skin from my midsection removed. Um... But I still got a lot of loose skin under my arms. Like, I hold my arms up, I call them bat wings. Like, I got a lot <laughs> of loose skin under my arms, and I'm not going to do anything. Luckily for me, the weightlifting has helped that process to kind of fill that back out. But I still got a lot of loose skin under my arm. And for me, I'm keeping that as a reminder of where I used to be at. And also, I've set a goal to lift these weights <laughs> and to fix that problem as much as I can. But that loose skin under my arm, these bat wings, that is a reminder of me of where I come from and how and where I'm at now. And I'm I'm done with the the skin removal surgery. Like I said, my uh, my thighs and all that that shit look a mess. But you know, it's it's, it's cool, and I, I'm okay with that part of it. Um, but I refuse to let anybody make me feel bad about the journey that I'm on right now. They can say what they want to say. Mm-hmm fact of the matter is I'm healthy I'm good you know I'm, I'm dealing with this aorta dissection but right now luckily you know you know through um through the work of the man upstairs I'm 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 pretty healthy I just had an appointment yesterday and it was just like hey you're you're stable you're good you know we still gotta keep that blood pressure under control which is under control now but that's kind of the you know the main thing that everybody's focused on right now but other than that I'm in great shape you know I'm gonna I'm gonna get you two out of here, and I'm gonna ask you both the same question, and, and you both can answer. And I'm gonna start with Kim. What now that now that you've lost the weight, what gives you the most joy now? Oh, mm-hmm. uh, I think the most joy comes from the fact that I'm still here, that I can move around and be present for my children. I wasn't present before. I carried a lot of weight. I was in a lot of pain. I was very unhappy. And I know that I wasn't the best mother that I could have been when they were smaller because of all of that. All of the drama that I felt, all I felt down on myself. I wasn't able to physically do what I wanted to do with them. And I feel, I think the, the, the greatest joy that I have is that I get to wake up every day and be present for them and to have the type of marriage relationship with Michael that we should have. To be able to just get up and move and not have pain is the best feeling in the world. I mean, it's pretty much the same for me. Um, and know that my kids are proud of me. Mm-hmm. You know, we have a we have a blended family. So I have two girls. Kim has two girls. 
Now, my girls, they only, their whole life have only known me big. My girls, too. And so for my girls to look at me and say, you know, it, and honestly, it was a, it was a, it was an experience for them. Like I said, they've only known me as big. And so now when I, now that I'm smaller, they just still kind of look at me and be like, oh my God, I can't believe you're this small. Um, but, you know, for them to tell me that they're proud of me, like that, that means more to me than anything. To know that I made my kids proud and that I'm still here for my kids, for all of our kids. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, that's that's been the biggest change for me. And honestly, as, as comfortable as I thought I was at that size, I'm 10 times more comfortable now. That was one of the issues early on why it was hard for me to go to the gym when I was that big. You know, you think everybody's looking at you. Mm-hmm. They're staring at me. Oh, I'm the fat guy in the gym. Now I go to the gym. I can care less what anybody got to think of me. I'm going there and I'm going to lift my light ass weights. And, <laughs> and, and, but, you know, and the crazy part about it is everybody's looking at me now for totally different reasons. Like I made a post uh, yesterday, was, day before yesterday, we were in the gym and this young kid is just staring at us the whole time. And when we got ready to leave, he walks up to me. He was like, hey, can I ask you a question? I'm like, yeah. He was like, man, you look amazing. So he started asking me for tips as far as like weightlifting and stuff like that. That blew me away because, you know, all I could think about was being almost 500 pounds and never in a million years that I think somebody would ever look at me and think, man, you look amazing. You know, how can I get arms like you? How can I do this? That that humbled me, man. That humbled me tremendously to think that I've put all this work in and now people look at me and think, you know, hey, I want to ask this guy for advice or you know, can you help me with this? Or, man, it, it's been a hell of a journey, man. It's been and, a hell and of I a journey. I think another piece to mind is that my dad got to see me yeah. healthy and happy before he passed away. And for me, I, in my mind, in my heart, I feel like he didn't have to worry. So if, when he passed, he was at peace knowing that I was okay and that my sister was okay, that we were all okay. And he did a good job and it was his time and that I could pick this up and continue on and he didn't have to worry. And I think that was the biggest thing for him that day that he told me, don't be like me. I could see the worry in his face. He was scared for me. And knowing that, you know, the last day that I talked to my dad was the day that he passed away. And it's crazy, it's ironic that, you know, the hospital tried to get my sister, my stepmother on this family Zoom call so we could talk to him. He was on a ventilator and they couldn't get everybody on. And I was the only person that could get on. And so I talked to him and he was writing on the the dry erase board because of course he was on a ventilator and couldn't talk. And he was writing, we were talking and I was like, dad, you're going to get, you're going to pull through this, be strong. Like you, you, my dad, you're going to make it. He was my superhero. You're going to get past this. And a few hours later, I get the call from my stepmother that he didn't make it. And I felt like it was the hardest thing in my life to have to deal with. But when I came in this world, it was me and him. And when he went out, it was me and him. And I felt like a little bit of him was probably at peace 
because he knew that I was healthy and I was able to pick up where he left off. Yep. Uh, I, listen, I, first of all, again, I thank you two for joining me. It's truly been an honor and it's truly been a pleasure to talk to you both. And I want to, again, congratulate you both because, I mean, like I said in my intro, losing weight is so damn hard. <laughs> but you guys have managed to do it. And you guys have managed to do it as a team. So I want to congratulate you. And I want to um, thank you for the inspiration because whether you know it or not, you two inspire me. You know, just to see you guys being strong and going to the gym at five o'clock and, you know, staying <laughs> consistent. <laughs> but just staying consistent and staying dedicated, you know, I definitely commend you both. And I wish you all, you two, all the best moving forward. Thank you so much. We truly appreciate thank you so much. Before, before we end it, can you please tell the people, like, how they can follow you? Oh, so you can follow us on Instagram at Something in Common. We're on Facebook at Something in Common and on Twitter at Something in Common. Um, I also have a Facebook page, Kimberly Nicole. I have a um, Facebook page that is more geared toward women and health and weight loss. It's called Fit and Curvy Life um, that you can follow. I'm also vegetarian vegan, and I have a page on Facebook called Curvy Girls Kitchen that you can follow. Um, I'm on Instagram at um, Kim Nicole. So you can follow me there as well, where I um, share my journey, you know, black woman trying to get my life together. So <laughs> definitely you can follow us there. Michael is on Facebook at Michael Wright as well, but you can reach both of us always on all channels at something in common. And that's something in common, S-O-M-E-T-H-I-N underscore N. That's the letter N underscore comp, C-O-M-M-O-N. You can find us there. Um, you know, you can follow our journey. And I'll tell everybody, please make sure they check out the interview and the workout with C.T. Fletcher. That was a big deal for us. So, you know, you can go to his YouTube channel. I'll be putting it on our YouTube channel as well. But for right now, you can find it on uh, C.T. Fletcher's YouTube channel. Um, it's the latest video that he just put up. And, uh, you know, we appreciate everybody, appreciate everybody checking that out. Just let us know what you think about it. We... That, that, that was major for us. And we're doing big things come 2022. We're going to be doing some more work with folks, individuals, and as couples with training. Um, so that's coming. It's called The Body Project. So stay tuned for that information where we'll be um, doing some consulting, some speaking, and some training with couples and individuals yeah and when and the whole podcast thing like i said it, it started off more just us talking about life and entertainment and stuff like that but we're kind of restructuring the podcast and it's going to go focus more on health and wellness so we'll be recording that episode next weekend and um that'll kind of be our first episode back as far as us kind of retooling the, the podcast and um you know hopefully we can put some stuff out there that'll help people along on their weight loss journey so um everybody be on the lookout for that as well Definitely. And, and again, congratulations both. And, and since you did plug the YouTube, I will make sure I plug it as well. Yeah, Definitely check it out. On YouTube as well. Yeah, check check the video out with C.T. Fletcher. It's an excellent video. I watched the whole thing myself. Uh, you got to make sure you watch the part where they do the chase. That was... <laughs> <laughs> Just to hear, just to hear CT Fletcher yelling and screaming, and y'all, y'all both looking, y'all got about to die. Yeah, that was that was yeah. enough to sell. <laughs> <laughs>
had me in there shining like a oil slick. <laughs> but again, again, thank you both. And, and like I said, congratulations and keep inspiring and keep, keep being consistent. Man, thank you so thank much. You. I want to thank everyone for taking the time to listen to the podcast. I truly appreciate your support. You can follow me on Instagram at conversations underscore with underscore lamp. My Facebook is also conversations with lamp. You can listen to the podcast on SoundCloud and Apple Podcasts. Again, thank you all for listening. Have a great day.